0: So welcome to the Alex Goldstein Property Show and uh, this time we are talking with a very high-profile security expert Richard Christian from Blue Skills who is a former Royal Marine Commando and now has his own security business um, which helps private individuals and indeed uh, companies and those in the public eye. Richard, great to have you uh, on board today.
1: Hi Alex thanks very much for having me i 'm not sure about high profile maybe maybe not yet, but uh, working our way there
0: working on it i 'm glad to hear i 'm glad to hear it but um, I, I, it 's it's very much a hot topic at the moment, and I think there is an increasing uh, mindfulness out there in the in the public domain of personal security and certainly when it comes to banking and finances and it just seems to be in the media more and more and certainly when you integrate that into the property sector I I certainly from what I see in my role and I I dare say it'd be very interesting to hear your thoughts when we overlap it from your perspective that I think there are a number of shortcomings or areas that people just don't think about when it comes to property I mean what's quite interesting at the moment given the lockdown and the way that technologies come about is the whole sort of virtual tour and you can now look in online and have a, a viewing round a property but i think there are risks involved with that but what's your what's your take on it all
1: well that's right alex it's why it's so good to speak to you is that i think you're a, a very security minded individual uh, what we're seeing is tech moving at a very fast pace that's allowing people to use fantastic new features but often the um, implications of those uh, features and services uh, are overlooked the, the ease of them is, um, is appealing to people uh, but the security considerations and the security implications may be coming a little bit behind that so um, in terms of virtual tours I a a fantastic selling tool for estate agents um, for the person selling the home there's probably no real security implication perceived however um, if the home doesn't sell they should be aware that 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 video could still remain in the public domain if it isn't uh, removed, um, and for for someone buying, I think they should be looking at ensuring that if there was a video tour done, it's uh, a timely removal by the um, by the agents, and they should be mindful that uh, people may have recorded that video, people who've used it for uh, electronic surveillance, they were interested in the property and they've done their the kind of electronic surveillance. Um, of, of the property they may have recorded that video they may have it stored they may have been able to work out uh, plans of the and layouts of the building and observe any security measures that are in place so there's a lot of information given there and you have to be mindful of that
0: uh, yeah no hugely so i think the, the from my perspective on, on the property side of things virtual tours are a tool almost you could argue a bit of a gimmick at the moment and of course you've got sort of camera drone footage going through your your, your property obviously it's a security risk because if there's any sort of valuables or it's notification where the main alarm panel is or any alarm sensors um, for, for example are as well but equally and this is the, one of the big things I always say is as soon as information goes online whether it's virtual tour or its imagery it's stored it's archived and it's the whole spider's web effect that you have no control of that information it very very quickly gets dispersed and if you've got a virtual tour of a property circulate, circulating around I say websites generally um, again you can run into issues down the line if someone does a, an historic search for example.
1: That's right. And I'd say it's important to to think about anything that you're putting onto the internet, into the uh, electronic ether, is to to think that you've put that out there and that that's permanently going to stay out there. Now, there are things that you can do to reduce uh, how easily it is, how easy it is sorry, to, to find that information and data at a later date. And third parties play a big part in that. But I would say approach with the mindset that that information is out there for good. And are you happy with
0: that? no indeed i mean when when it comes to to actually buying uh, a, a property how should one and how do you actually evaluate the security of a property and, and what should people actually look out for at the end of the day
1: so from my perspective and probably because i'm i'm kind of security minded and because we provide these services i would uh, i would advise people uh, certainly your type of client alex uh, to be looking at conducting a a pre-purchase security assessment. And I I would say that much as you would do a a home buying survey or a detailed survey to find out the state of um, the the physical property, the foundations, the windows, et cetera, and what the associated costs might be. I'd say it's probably wise to do that pre-purchase regarding security as well. You may be buying a property where you're going to have to spend a great deal of money uh, investing in security measures post-purchase and it's good to bear that into mind when you when you come to purchase the property I would say for uh, an individual who doesn't want to go down that route and wants to do it themselves there's a um, there's a number of things that they can they can do um, I, w- I would say firstly look at the electronic footprint for the property so as you've mentioned virtual tours um, what what images are available for the property? What links are there to the property? So company's house, what businesses are linked to it? So that's the electronic side of life. And then we look to the kind of the physical side of life. So uh, we work from the outside in when we look at property. So um, is there a boundary in place or is access to the site open? are the gates to the property to restrict vehicle access? So access control is one of the key, key phases. Then we work through towards the outside of the property, looking at um, any other measures there. So a layered security approach, are there other gates? Uh, Is there planting, Uh, planting which screens from view or planting which obstructs? So, you know, your your real thorn bushes and things like that. Uh, What kind of vulnerable points are there? And then we're looking at the outside of the property and, and cameras cctv uh, you know does that give a good view of the of the property does it cover vulnerable points and then through to basics kind of the real basics which is do we have good solid locks on doors locks on windows uh, have we got door contact sensors and then inside to the pirs which are the um, passive infrared motion detectors linked to your arm systems uh, and then finally we'll be looking at uh, things like creating um, Different zones within the house and frustrating movement throughout the house. So, should someone get into your home, um, they've bypassed all your security measures. Can you frustrate their movements around the home and slow them down until the uh, police can get there?
0: And and when you say frustrate them, how how, to, how do you how do you mean what? So, so
1: frustrating them. We're talking about um, they may have had to go through break windows, they may have had to bypass locks. Uh, but we're introducing other elements. So we'll have internal locks on doors uh, and that just slows them down. So certainly certainly doors to key areas, people coming through windows, can we keep them in rooms rather than allowing them access to stairwells? So we're restricting them going up through the property. So let's say you're in the property, that buys you time. You can lock yourself in your room, ring the police, and and hopefully they're going to get there. Way before the uh, before the burglar can can get access to your valuables, or or worst case scenario, to you.
0: Right. And when when you look to a point, if you're doing this yourself and you're looking to select um, a, a security company, whether it's alarms or CCTV, what what sort of things should one look for?
1: So, um, I think this is probably one of the biggest areas people people don't necessarily pay. Enough attention to this area. Uh, you, when you think a security company is going to come to your home, they're going to know your home and your security intimately, whether you uh, whether you engage with them or whether you decide not to. Um, so, I, I think one of the first things that we're going to look at is reputation. How have you how have you come about that company? Um, what's their online reputation? But then also, who can we speak to? Uh, how can we verify the level of service that they they've given? Um, how long have they been established, all those kind of background things. Um, we should be looking for them to be accredited. So what that will mean is that they're, they're working to uh, a quality management standard, so they're going to give high levels of service. Uh, they're also going to have good processes and procedures in place as recommended through things like British standards, and also that they're working to those, those kind of British standards. Uh, we're then looking for things like good measures they have in place, so engage with them and see the staff and the installers, um, the people that they're employing, have they done background checks on those people, which they should have done working in the security industry. Uh, And then finally, we can look at things like the financials of the business. So go to sites like Companies House, uh, check the directors, who are they, are they entitled to be directors, they're not struck off, and uh, check the financials.
0: Yeah, no, and and an interesting point as well. I know you've mentioned companies' house, and especially if it applies to if you've got your own business as well. And again, I think a lot of people sort of forget that you can register the company at your accountant's. And I I think a lot of people sort of inadvertently fall into the trap of registering um, their business at their home. And again, it just forms another layer of information whereby um, those can looking for phishing, scamming, or indeed, uh, worse, um, can use that information to their advantage.
1: That's right, yes. The thing with with online data is, in isolation, it uh, it probably doesn't give too much away. It's the compounding effect of lots of different sources of information that can be pulled together. So, as you rightly allude to, people do register businesses uh, to their home address. I think that's a decision that, that needs to be Made based on levels of risk, kind of what, what type of business is it? Uh, is it customer facing or is it just something that you might use for your property, for example? But yes, a company's House, very searchable, features very high on Google. So uh, if you're looking for a director, it'll, it will link you to your home address very, very quickly. Um, we've also seen that with electoral rolls as well. They provide exactly the same information uh the public ones are are searchable with a, a little bit of information given up um but unfortunately removing yourself from things like the electoral roll causes other implications around um, things like finance where they use the electoral information to confirm your identity um but yes it may be wise to disassociate uh, your business from your home uh, the last thing you want is a disgruntled customer turning up at your, your gate or your home and, and challenging you face-to-face.
0: No, no I, I quite agree. And I mean, I think the other hot area is, dare I say, social media. Because again, I, I think a lot of people are unaware of the implications of anything that they put onto social media. Photos, for example, and videos. Um, and that those have all got sort of metadata behind the scenes, which again provides another avenue um, to source information.
1: A very good point um, social media is a fantastic platform. I think when you look at uh, higher profile figures um, they've got a kind of love hate relationship with it It's a necessary uh, it's a maybe a necessary evil um, a lot of images and videos contain metadata as you've rightly pointed out which can include things like location so you may innocently snap a photo of um, I don't know a new watch a present or some part of your home and uh, that will contain location data depending on the settings that you've got on on your mobile phone um, I'd, I'd say occupants of homes are probably more likely to be conscious about what they're posting but what I am seeing a lot of is um, photos posted on social media by contractors so people who visited your home doing work there and they take pictures uh, pictures of work they've done for their portfolio without, without permission which could subsequently compromise you and um, I think if you are using social media and you are posting images just I'd, I'd urge you to consider what's captured in the image um what's in the background what might you what might be present that you you haven't noticed immediately are you are you taking a picture of a room that shows that you do or do not have security there does it show that your windows are insecure does it give a does it give a does it give a criminal motivation um there seems to be uh A strong, strong amount of um, high profile people putting pictures of high value items on and that just that just creates motivation. You're just telling people you've
0: got things that that they could steal and that they could make money from. Well, no, indeed. And I know the obvious one, because they're so easy and accessible, is, of course, mobile phones. But I have to say a lot of the modern digital cameras as well also store the location, metadata and other information behind the scenes, such as your your name and other items for that image. And people take that and then they also put that online unwittingly. And equally, I have seen, like you, contractors, those in the property sector, again, just taking what they feel is... uh, uh, something low-key uh, a, a, an image or a feature of a, a property and put it out to say well look what we've seen today but again as you say they've unwittingly released additional information into the into the ether on to the sort of the the internet and again that's all searchable and it just provides another layer of information I think again people need to be aware and mindful of that um so I mean when you start to when you first move into um a property there are the basics that one should do regarding security just talk everyone through that and what the next steps thereafter as well should be
1: I mean, it, it can vary. It depends if you've had a security survey done uh, prior to moving in. Then you'll you'll have a, a list of tasks that you under need to undertake. Um, what I would suggest that there's various things you can do. Um, I would look to quickly uh, establish a baseline, which is the the pattern of life in your area. What does normal look like? You're new to that area, so you don't really understand what's going on. And by tuning into the environment, you'll be able to, to quickly establish what normal looks like. So anything suspicious or out of place uh, will be flagged to you. Uh, so people often forget that uh, crime isn't just the, the action happening someone doesn't just break into a house usually there's a period before that the target selection and then also the uh, the surveillance phase where people will no matter how short people will spend a period of time surveilling your your home prior to breaking to make sure you're not there to see what security is in place and to see how they how they're going to undertake the the crime Uh, so establishing that baseline will give you uh, will give you a chance of, of spotting suspicious things early I'd say one that people often don't do is changing the locks to your home. Very, very simple, not high cost. But when you buy a home, how do you know that you have all the keys to that house? Uh, it's yeah. not necessarily like a car where there's a, a finite number of keys and you can you can track them. Uh, neighbors may have keys. Uh, uh, state agents may still retain some keys. It, it, it's hard to know where those keys are so simply changing your locks gives you control and putting very good locks on is a great start uh changing alarm codes or gate access codes and things like that people contractors you, you don't know who's got access to those so that's a great place to start yeah. and then i'd say ensuring the basics are in place so um have you got locks on your windows have you got restrictors uh, for downside for downstairs windows to limit how much the windows can open um, are your door locks to the high standard? Um, do you have access control to the sites? That's a big one, just controlling who can come onto your premises uh, when you're not there. Um, And high-value items, simple things, making sure that high-value items aren't in sight. So cars is a big one at the moment. People are targeting people simply based on the vehicles that they're driving. If you leave those on your driveway, you leave yourself open to being targeted.
0: Yeah, it's a very valid point. And that's partly where I suppose garages are making a bit of a comeback because um, you, you can hide it all and keep it out of sight
1: garages are a very useful tool exactly that
0: and when when you i know you talked about external people coming on site i mean when when you say for example have contractors in whether it's for security means or it's the 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 builders or whoever it's going to be what measures should you think about or put in place
1: i think it's very um it's very interesting when you when you think of your home it's quite a maybe quite a secure environment simply because people don't really know a great deal about it. It's hard to get a lot of information. A lot of the stuff we're talking about is just building up that information picture. Um, Anytime you have contractors into your home, you expose more information, more than would be um, openly available. Um, So it's very important when you get contractors in to consider who is doing the work. So, are they reputable? Um, do they good have good uh, policy and procedure in place? Are they vetting and screening the people who are, are working for them? Um, how are you controlling access? Are you giving them a key to your home when you're, when you're not there, which is, which is obviously high risk? Are you giving them access codes? um are you supervising them while they're there and we would strongly recommend that you you restrict access uh, in your home allow them to only work in the areas that's necessary um and that you that you supervise them you monitor what they're up to um high value items make sure that they're not on display um it, it just temptation can get the better of people and uh, also things like recording who's attended the site so uh, you get the company in they just have to do a simple sign in with their names and their dates so that you can trace back should an event happen and supply to the police names and addresses of people who've been to your property so they can eliminate them
0: yeah no I think it's a, it's, a, it's a certainly a very valid point that that last one and and certainly i I suppose when estate agents show people around property there's various measures you can i suppose put in place up to a point, but at the end of the day from an estate agent's perspective it's just a few phone calls sometimes with 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 an individual um but i I suppose it's thereafter with regards we previously talked about the the images and the rights to those and the virtual tours and where those have gone and it's this it's this sort of this legacy if you will what should one consider and indeed estate agents consider with that that with that data and how to also vet people
1: estate agents play a huge a huge part in safety and security and i guess when um i guess when people are selling a home they're probably less concerned it's probably people uh, buying a home that are inheriting uh, any potential problems or information control from there i'd say with when you're engaging with an estate agent um you should be looking for for someone who's who's aware so when you when you speak to them and you you speak about how they're going to promote the property that you should almost you should also uh, ask how they're going to um, how they're going to control that information what's their process for removing that information so we do um, when we do security assessments and surveys we we're doing an online troll and regularly we'll find um, legacy images um, on third-party websites so not the estate agents directly necessarily but third-party websites that's still left on there and so uh, we'll on our clients behalf we'll we'll speak with them and we'll get them to remove those those images and that that legacy data um, from a state agent point of view that they, they as i mentioned they've got a big part to play and i think there's a lot that they can do um, you should be asking them what their what their policy and procedures are and i know you're you're very swept up with this alex but um that Qualifying leads is a huge one for me, yeah. uh, especially when you move to the higher end stuff and there was a a great piece of research done by a company called perpetuity research and one of the one of the offenders that was interviewed uh, in there a convicted burglar he was quite candid about how he would um, he would visit high end properties that were for sale on the market, uh, pretend to be interested in purchasing, and then go back months later and burgle them so Qualifying those leads, confirming the identity of the people who are going to visit the property, um, credit checks. I mean, it's it's in their interest as well. Why waste time with people who can't and won't buy the property, uh, as well as put your your client or your or the the new purchaser at risk?
0: Indeed, and it's a very very fine balance because sometimes certainly with the higher end properties, people, as you've just said, you should be private and restricting what information you give you fall into gdpr which most of the agents fully comply with uh, as well and again it's just getting that it's just striking that balance but i, I think it's very much an evolving frontier um, and a lot of agents as indeed myself can sign up to all the various sort of governing bodies and there's ways and means to go about these things but i have to say i always play on this it, it comes back to um, experience at the end of the day you know there's a sort of a a sixth sense as an agent, when you're speaking with someone and just how they're answering or not answering sometimes relevant questions, or are they forthcoming with information? You can instantly tell, and I have to say, it's becoming more and more at the front of agents' minds that if you're not quite getting the right answer, or not quite that right feel, then you put a stop on proceedings and you, you don't allow um, pe- people um, around. Equally, just going back momentarily to the virtual tour side of things. Agents are now sort of not necessarily putting those on the websites, but they're using that as a tool so that if a buyer is mindful of the virus situation or they're at the other end of the country or abroad, they can view it online via a shared computer screen, if you will, with the estate agent. And again, that helps retain that element of control, which I think more and more agents are aware of.
1: That's right. And uh, I know from speaking to you as well, you're seeing a, a great uh, increase in people wanting to sell our homes kind of off the market out of the public eye completely. And I, I, I thoroughly understand why, why people would want to do that, especially when you, you get to the higher levels. I know it's not, it's not necessarily pertinent to, uh, to the, the general market, but I, I know with, with bigger, more expensive homes, I can understand that people really want to uh, maintain privacy of
0: that, that home. You no, know, very much so. And in some circumstances, because it's a, a, a rare or a more unusual property, you can apply a bit more of a premium for that. And it's offering the exclusive. So it's almost a win-win situation by trying to sell something off market. You can get a higher value, but equally, as you said, not everyone wants their, their property and their name uh, all in emblazoned uh, lights. And again, it's just having that insight and a sensible judgment call on it all. Um, But Richard, it's been really useful to talk everything through with you. Um, If people want to get in touch and talk through their um, security measures and go through things in a bit more detail, what's the best way to get in touch with you?
1: I'd say simple ways to visit our website and get in touch through the website. So it's www.blueskillsbluski.ls.co.uk or you can drop us a line on 305 triple three three zero five six six one five.
0: That is super. Uh, Richard, uh, really appreciate your time and insight and uh, look forward to speaking with you soon.
1: Thanks, Alex. Great to speak to you. Good, good work.
0: Thank you.